0: On today's episode, Dan and I interview each other to explore how we formed ideas about good and bad relationships early in our lives.
1: Some things we'll explore the problem with fetishizing Coach Taylor's marriage from Friday Night Lights,
0: and how the Princess Bride somehow didn't prepare me for real life dating.
1: Welcome to If I May Be So Bold, a podcast about relationships
0: the ones we have with others and the one we have with ourselves.
1: I'm Dan Epstein. I'm a recording artist, former opera singer, and early childhood educator.
0: I'm Justin Waring Crane, therapist, recovering perfectionist, and karaoke star.
1: Okay, so do you know what I think is weird? What? That growing up, we never got any formal education or resources to teach us how to be a good partner or be a good friend or how to have healthy relationships.
0: So weird. What is up with that? I know. I know. And I don't know. What the hell? What is up with that? Do you guys know? (laughs) We don't know. We want to find out. Looking back, I had to fuck up so many times. I'm sorry. Screw up. I had to fall on my face. I paid a bajillion dollars in therapy. I lost relationships. I damaged friendships. I hurt myself. I hurt other people. Mm -hmm. And it was only after having made a buttload of mistakes, (laughs) (laughs) hate that I said buttload, um, that I realized that I even had a problem. Like, I just thought you were born knowing how to be in relationship. Right. Because nobody's teaching you how. So then we just assume I got this. Like, I know how to do this, right? That's right. (laughs) It's about lived wisdom
1: so what i want is that a a self-troll
0: disaster sorry uh
1: what i want (laughs) it i'm
0: trolling myself in this first
1: episode we're gonna talk about sort of sort of set ourselves up for like why this podcast could be helpful to ourselves and to other people and sort of establish the ways in which we're lost a lot of us in relationships because i don't know about you but I look around and we all I see a lot of people who kind of have broad ideas about what's a good relationship and what's a really problematic relationship. But I do see a lot of people in really, you know, in relationships that are struggling and that are and don't really know the aren't really super clear eyed about the ways in which their own relationships are struggling. And I want to explore that.
0: Me too. Shall we? Yeah. Dan, what are we going to be talking about today for our first episode?
1: Um, well, I think we're circling around this idea that being in a relationship is a skill or it's a collection of skills. And I definitely didn't think about it as think about it in that way until I was really, you know, well into adulthood.
0: And what do we know about skills? They need To be taught. They need to be taught. They need to be practiced, right? Mm -hmm. You're not just born knowing how to do it.
1: Yeah. And so I thought we could talk about like, what are our ideas about good, good and bad relationships? Where were they formed? Where did we actually get ideas about what a good relationship and what a bad relationship is? And kind of dig into that a little bit to set ourselves up. And in in thinking about this episode, I was also just thinking about, you know, this sort of huge topic that deserves its own podcast, which is, you know, for some of us, the idea of patriarchy and like sort of the immersive misogyny we experience is sort of something we're only opening our eyes to recently or you know now and it's only now that we're sort of like looking at all these relationships that are really patriarchal 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 don't know and uh being like oh yeah that's bad
0: should we dive in to our first our first questions cuz
1: yeah <laughs>
0: do you want to ask me that first question
1: so why don't we learn to have relationships
0: Such a good question. I don't know.
1: What do you mean, though? Like how to have good relationships? Yeah.
0: How to have good relationships Mm -hmm. and not just and not just romantic relationships, even though that is going to be a primary focus in the podcast. And, you know, since Dan and I are in a romantic relationship, I do not consider him my best friend, (laughs) which is a whole separate pile of worms. That uh, anyway, we don't like when people say I married my best friend. So sorry to our friends who are listening who did that. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, (laughs) I lost it. I lost it. Okay, yeah. What do like? Why don't we learn how to have healthy relationships? One theory that I have is Mm -hmm. that. It is only within the last like twenty years or so that we have acknowledged or started to realize the importance of emotional intelligence, relational Mm -hmm. intelligence. Like those are still referred to in a lot of circles as soft skills, quote unquote. Right, Brene Brown. I'm sorry, had had to name drop Brene Brown. Uh, she. Has referenced Lelou. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! I'm sorry. We have an intruder. <laughs>
1: <It's> Jimmy Fallon.
0: Lilu <laughs> the dog, has busted into the podcast. <laughs> um. So and Brene Brown has referenced this this weird, this incorrect verbiage of soft skills, right? Where she's like, you know, I dare anybody to try. Mm to be vulnerable, to try to be truly relationally and emotionally intelligent and then come back to (laughs) me and call it a soft skill.
1: Right. Right. So I,
0: so I think that we've prized in our culture, at least in American culture, prized being like these hard skills of like, okay, how to have like a good job and like get like a hot person as your partner. And like, yeah, like have a certain level of like cachet with like,
1: right. I'm like, like just laughing. Lorfing to myself about like <laughs> thinking about men I know who are like I feel like that kind of idea is like, oh yeah, like if I wanted to like, you know, delve into feelings like I could do it. But just like it's not important. Right. You know what I mean?
0: Right. I it's not that I can't go there. It's that I don't want to or like therapy is like to.
1: indulgent <laughs> or like you know it's know. A, it's like yeah, indulgent or like kind of a waste of time when it's like uh. actually that's probably the thing that a lot of a lot of straight men are like most afraid of mm-hmm. and actually would be the hardest, not the softest thing for them.
0: What is a relationship skill that you wish looking back mm-hmm. like wish that you had had in middle school or in high school?
1: I just think. The A big one for me is just, like, it makes so much sense for people to teach kids to just talk, like, verbalize their emo- current emotional state, like, in, like, a regular way.
0: Versus, oh, don't feel that. Like, oh, don't. Right. No, you shouldn't. Don't, you know, be nice. Like, you shouldn't. Don't cry. Like, right. Don't totally. be mean. Like, yeah.
1: Because there's so many people in my life, like, these are great people who... I I can tell, you know, it's hard for them to have great awareness of how are they showing up in the room and how is their energy affecting their own relationships. And it's because like that, those dots haven't been connected to be like, oh, I, I just like didn't realize I'm actually really angry right now and everyone is absorbing my anger, but like they don't even know they're angry. So like, how are they supposed to have a good dialogue about whatever's coming up?
0: Right. It's like we're constantly taught to deny our feelings. Mm-hmm. So we are honest with ourselves about our emotional experience. Therefore, we can't be honest with other people right, ab- about having that emotional experience. And then we're like kind of stuck in that limbo of like... We're not saying it. We're not really allowing ourselves yeah. to feel it. We're not communicating it. And then it's just like you you are stuck there for forever until you acknowledge the feeling. Totally. There's going to be a block, right?
1: Yeah. And you can't really be aware of any harm you may actually be causing. So like it's really confusing because then when someone tells you you're harming them, you're like, no, I'm not. Because
0: you're like, I'm hurting actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ouchy ouchy. You're like, what are you telling me? Like in our, in,
1: even in like in our relationship, like I feel more comfortable and safe with you than anybody, you know, and still it, like, it's still work for me sometimes to be able to acknowledge and verbalize what my actual emotional state is. So like, how hard is that going to be for me with a stranger? It's hard.
0: Oh my gosh. So hard. Well, sometimes what is this phenomenon where like, Well, I know the phenomenon. It's LOL that I'm even posing it as a rhetorical question. But, uh, (laughs) you know, have you noticed how sometimes it is easier with strangers because like you Mm -hmm. kind of degaff whether they're going to like reject you or not. Right. So there is that kind of opposite side of the coin where it's like, that's a great point. I'm never going to see this person again. I'm just going to really be full out with what I'm feeling, like Mm -hmm. maybe get a little feisty. Um, Totally. So there is that, too.
1: So. Yeah, and, and, and this conversation makes me think about like, for a lot of us, in when we're looking at like good and bad relationships, like what we're mostly looking at is extreme bad, right? Because then we can be like, we can take these as- externalized symptoms of like disconnected people, like a disconnected yeah. couple, and be like, oh, he abused her, or like. Yeah. He, she cheated on him. That is when you she should cheated leave. cheated on her.
0: That is grounds right. for breaking oh, up. Oh,
1: they did that? Oh, okay. And then it's almost like it's easy for people to be like, oh, okay, well, that didn't happen to me, so my relationship's right. good.
0: Right, right. It's like this comparison of, of trauma where you're like, well, I don't have it that bad. Mm-hmm. So I should just like be grateful for what I do have. And it's like, that's, you know, really, it really sucks. I mean, I would have left relationship sooner I think if I had been shown these more nuanced right. aggressions
1: mm-hmm. and
0: seeing them for what they were you know I was just like yeah it's like not that bad right instead of like oh the goal isn't not that bad like the goal is like amazing and like <laughs> healing <laughs> yeah. connected deep and like yeah so
1: Are you asking a question? You just asked me a question. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask you. Uh Uh-oh. What? (laughs) When you were starting to be date to date or like be around like teenagers who were dating each other, quote unquote, like what were your ideas then about like good or bad relationships or treatment of people in romantic situations? Well, <laughs> it's kind my mind of a trick is, question. My mind
0: is going so many different places, but everything was so subconscious for me, I guess. So mm. it's hard to really, those things are hard to pinpoint. In hindsight, it's easier, but what I really think a lot about is the fact that. My mom was really resistant to me starting to date. Lo and behold, I found out when I was really starting to like want to date people and, you know, explore the opposite sex. Um, I found out that she had her first boyfriend when she was 15. So here I am at 15 being like, mommy, like you're being a hypocrite if you don't let me go on this date with Nolan. You know, (laughs) that was like literally my first boyfriend. That's
1: the perfect name.
0: My first boyfriend. I think I asked him out. This was in seventh grade. Mm -hmm. We talked on the phone like a few times, like never kissed, like only like held hands, like in like that like weird vice grip where you're like, We're holding hands. (laughs) You're like, it's like never like a casual thing, like when you're in middle school and you're holding hands. Um Anyway, I was like, I just had like really intense like crushes on people and was like infatuated with guys. And some of them were my age. Some of them were like older people that I never would date, Mm -hmm. but I was like, so obsessed with like obviously there were like the celebrities orlando bloom um but there were also like people at my church you know who are like the worship leaders like at my church where i was like (laughs) these guys are hot (laughs) and they're christian like it's perfect like so and also so like the model that was laid out for me was like my mom would be like you know find somebody like your dad you know like (laughs) and my dad is like And of course, I want to find somebody like my dad because he's amazing in all these ways. But he's not the kind of person that I actually want to date, which I had to find out by dating guys who were like him, Mm. who were ultimately passive. Mm. Like passive guys who weren't going to like really show up for me in the ways that I wanted. So I did find guys like my dad, but Mm -hmm. it was toxic. Um, So... So that was kind of, so my early, my really early experiences with dating were just kind of like, sort of like, I was very hesitant to start dating because I was very fearful of like, of sex. I was fearful of like being in a situation where I'd be expected to have sex. I was not ready for that. In high school, when I did start wanting to have sex, I was still kind of like, he, 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 like, I don't know. Like, I was just like. It was, it was really, it was just scary because I've been taught so much scary stuff about sex. Right. Like you're gonna like get an STD, like you're gonna get pregnant, like you're gonna go to hell, like all of that stuff.
1: Right. So, and it's, so it's like, I think like many kids, it's like you're presented with this thing that's really enticing and exciting, but then you're also absorbing a lot of fear around it. But you're like, oh no, like, I don't want the fear to like prevent me from this thing. I really, so it becomes this really, really manic oh gosh intense thing it
0: was so like secretive too like it was so much sneaking around Mm -hmm. for me I just felt like my personality was so split between like my inner desires and like my outer presentation right so it was just like really like and that made it kind of exciting in some ways but just really mostly just really stressful right um and and I just like I was like excited that somebody wanted to be with me. And like my first boyfriend, my first serious boyfriend, um, (laughs) uh, he would like even say like, you know, I'm in love with you. We're gonna get married. Like I'm gonna marry you, you know, like Mm -hmm. those things that like- What a liar. (laughs) I know, liar. He ended up marrying my best friend. Um, it's true. Wow. But uh which is great cuz they they're happy together. But um but yeah, it was just like I I didn't I wasn't critical. I think that was like kind of right. the thing was like I wasn't trained to be critical cuz my parents are not very critical people. At least they weren't at the time. Now they have gone through this transformation where they are much more critical. So they didn't really have the tools to teach me to know what to look for. Their focus was on find a guy who isn't going to try to have sex with you, basically. Mm, Right. So it was like, like, and that's like the honorable guy is like, he's a gentleman. He's like in it for the right reasons. Shout out to bachelor nation. He doesn't care about, he's not just thinking about how cute you guys look together. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but I wasn't given tools on like, like, well, do you like him? Like, do you wanna be with him? Like what does he offer you like that you really like? Mm, you know? Totally. Um, and also like if he if he's not giving you those things, like you should leave, you know, or like you should protest or like I just didn't have the tools to do that. So
1: Right. Well, yeah, what I'm not hearing is like everything you've referenced in terms of like information you're getting came from your parents, which I think is Pretty common, and then so the other people you're getting information from are not your teachers, really. I mean, what like in sex well, ed I, you get
0: my peers. I and, and listen, I didn't have sex ed. Okay, so right, I missed what, it because because I moved. Anyway, what I'm important. talking about
1: is like it's pretty insane that like right when you get like the most charged up with hormones, there's no real way that kids are like thinking about healthy relationships in any way. It's just like we were talking about, like what you, what would be considered like criminal (laughs) basically. Right. You know what I mean? Or like, what would derail your life? Like if you got pregnant and you didn't want to be, or impregnated someone. It was
0: confusing because it was like, don't be with a guy. Like on one hand, my parents were saying, and like teachers were saying, you don't want to be with somebody who's going to pressure you to have sex. But then the bigger culture Gives us messages that if they don't pressure you to have sex, like they don't want to have sex with you. Right. And that's a problem. Totally. So it's like so confusing. So it's like, well, if they don't want to have sex with me, then they don't desire me. And that's. Like, <laughs> and I'm a, disgusting.
1: Uh, yeah, that's a fault so, of mine. <laughs> but if they point. do want to
0: have sex with me, they're pressuring me right. and they're scum. Okay. So it's just like that is just so confusing to like navigate. Dan, growing up, what ideas did you get about love or what a good couple is from your parents?
1: Yeah. So, obviously, this is, like, something that is going to be really deeply imprinted. Because <clears throat> it's, like, the, you know, it's obviously the couple you're around. And it's, like, the couple, it's also, like, keeping you alive. Um, So, my parents are they spend a lot of time together so i think in that regard i viewed them as like being a a good couple like being happy having a healthy relationship because they spend a lot of time together I didn't expect you to have such a strong reaction to that.
0: I just think that's like, oh, my God. Like, that's so, like, (laughs) spends lots of time together equals love. Right.
1: Well, I think that's, yeah, I think there's something to, like, that's loaded for sure. Um, And they were physically affectionate for sure. And some of my friends' parents definitely were not. So I think in that regard, I was like, yeah, my parents are in a are are good. That's
0: They're something good. we share. We both saw that with our yes. our parents.
1: Yeah, um, they like joke, you know, like they, they laugh, they lorf. Um, I think that's also true. Like, and I think you know that made me feel like when I got into a really serious relationship in my early twenties we like we laughed a lot and we had like a lot of like comfort around each other and i definitely felt like oh i don't feel this kind of comfort with other people um because i didn't and um i sort of equated that with oh this is a good relationship because i feel like embraced by this person which you know i think you know, that's not a small thing. That's a very big thing. Right. But I well, think it's a like, lot of us can it's part fall of that. the
0: criteria, but it's right. not the only thing. Right.
1: Yeah. And, um, let's see. Yeah. I mean, they were f- like, my parents are friends for sure. Like, and so I think uh, that was definitely a message I got, like being friends, like wanting to do shit with your partner Means you're a good couple, which it can mean that, or it can, or it can represent. mean you're
0: just friendly.
1: Yeah, or it can mean like your whole life revolves around your partner, which is just its own thing.
0: I'm I'm a little confused. So <laughs> well, the fact like, that you guys want to spend time with each other means your whole life revolves. I around mean, each I other? think
1: what I'm saying is like all of these things on their own can be good or bad you know, like can represent a, a healthy or a fraught relationship. And like, um, what my parents didn't do was have direct conflict. Like they, they, they definitely bickered and like got into it, but that's something I really would have liked to have been able to see because it's been hard as an adult to like learn how to be comfortable with conflict. And my parents were very passive aggressive. Like they would get their feathers ruffled And they would clearly be upset, but there was never verbalizing in the moment, this is making me feel this way at all. Like, can't even think once.
0: This is another commonality that you and I have not with the passive aggressiveness. I think there was some passive aggressiveness with my parents, but it was mostly just this unspoken, like they hid their conflict from us. Mm -hmm. So we just thought they didn't have any conflict. So we never saw that modeled similar. Like we just didn't have a healthy model for what conflict could look like.
1: Yeah. And also I could tell even I think when I was young that they were afraid of conflict And so I absorbed that fear for sure. Like they definitely would rather kind of have the last word and walk away than actually like stay and like be like, okay, let's, let's like, we're clearly upset. Like, let's, let's go, let's do this, you know, like, let's figure out a way through this, like really intense feeling thing.
0: What about... Examples of good relationships, yeah. Other, other than your parents, or just right, yeah. Notable a, relationships,
1: yeah. Like, I think obviously, like we get our ideas about that from pop culture and movies and like famous people.
0: I'm really thinking about Princess Bride, <laughs> like,
1: oh my, god. that was really
0: present for me. So
1: extra, like, yeah, the way love is presented. Oh
0: my god, yeah, and it was like this is true love like all that other shit that you guys think Mm -hmm. is love is not love like only this (laughs) you know and it's like they're like falling off of mountains for each other and like you know getting seriously injured and it's like that's what you do when you love somebody you really like put your life on the line
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah, and i think movies kind of fuck us up because in that way of like in that movie there's just like this whole feeling of like they're true, they have true love, but they're not together. You know what I mean? Like, and that makes it even truer in some way that it's like they're so deeply miserable because this idea that there's this other person that is like the one.
0: It's like, yeah, like, well, the for, forbidden love, mm. amor prohibido, you know? <laughs> like, that's like a tale as all this time. I mean, Romeo and Juliet, it's like, it's like steamier. Based on the barriers right. that are there,
1: yeah, and like the ones that I think of uh, in my life that come to mind first are like the Obamas, and when Friday Night Lights came out, that was like I feel like most a lot of people's big takeaway was like that on-screen couple of like Eric and Tammy was like we should be so lucky, you know, and like what what was great about them, like you haven't watched that much of it, I guess. Like, well, she was really supportive of him, but she told him what she thought. You know what I mean? I think a lot of we have like that dynamic is like really pleasing for people to to see.
0: Yeah, it's like the wife that's sort of, you know, she's like stands by her man till the wheels fall off or whatever. But she's also like, you know, she's uh, she speaks her mind. She's independent. She like doesn't need him. Right. Um, and she doesn't, she like won't put up with his crap. Right. But it's like, well, if she didn't put up with his crap, like she wouldn't be with him. So it's like this kind of like false ideal where it's like to really not put up with his crap is like you leave. Right. You know, like,
1: <laughs> like right. it's like
0: she, she actually does put up with his it. crap because she stayed with him.
1: <laughs> yeah. If she was like, had one foot out the door of the whole show, that would have been so different. But also yeah. I feel like, him and then also barack obama like the fantasy doesn't exist without the important job you know like so art like it's so baked in right Right. like like it it, it's like it's like satisfying because you're like yeah she's with like this (laughs) guy who's in this really high pressure (laughs) thing
0: what could be so think of friday night lights what could be like the funniest job that he could have
1: had that's like really like unimportant (laughs) oh my god i don't want to shit on some job no
0: yeah no no me either but like what if he was just like
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. a dog walker
0: yeah like he works for wag you know or he's a door-to-door salesman or like you know like they never would have like put him in this this like with, with this like amazing wife and it's like it's just fucked up too that like she's praised for her tolerance of him like Mm -hmm. and i think that's like that's such a sneaky right misogynistic thing where it's like thanks for putting up with me for 25 years Uh, babe you make me want to be better it's It's so fucked up because it's like
1: (laughs) because the job is there and the pressure it's like then they can do some really small thing, and you're like, "Whoa, he really loves her."
0: Yeah, you know, he bought her one little dandelion. Like, he's <laughs> such a good husband. <laughs>
1: he That's like the remembered
0: their anniversary. Wow.
1: <laughs> I I think buying someone a single dandelion is kind of cool. no. I'm just kidding. Um, okay,
0: okay. So what what else? I mean, this is yeah. I feel we've like, hit on a lot here. Yeah. But- okay,
1: but that is all to say, like, okay, obviously there's. A lot of ways in which we're lost, and a lot of reasons why it makes sense that a lot of people um, are are in relationships that are really they're making work, but like it's hard to make them work.
0: It's and then there's a there's different versions of hard. I think there's the hard that's just like that comes with yes being in a relationship and. No matter how great your partner is, there's always a level of hard that comes with that. And then there's sure. the, and I think people get confused because they hear that relationships are hard, which they are, and then they're in a hard relationship that's actually toxic. And then they say, "Well, relationships are hard," mm-hmm. and it's like, "Oh, no, no, listen, yeah, like or no relationship is like <laughs> going to be perfect." And so,
1: yeah, and that's I think feeds so directly into this conversation, which is like with relationship skills you can figure out how to draw that line of like when something is just hard because it's really hard to be a person and like to heal yourself and to merge that with another person's life is hard. But then like, that's doesn't mean that because that is a truth, it doesn't mean that that is like a reason to judge your own relationship necessarily as like, uh you know, I don't know how to what word to ascribe here, but like, it's not a reason. Like that that being true is separate. That's like that's what I'm saying.
0: You lost me a little bit.
1: Yeah, I did a bad job. That's okay. You're right. I did a bad job.
0: I didn't say that.
1: Um, no. I okay, said you let me say it. So, right, <laughs> that being true, that yeah, it's gonna be hard, and like your relationship is gonna take work. But like you that awareness is so important of being able to say like, is the work I'm putting into this relationship work that I want to be doing. And that is good for me ultimately. And like leading me to a place that is growth, you know, that, that, that represents growth. And what this conversation is making me really feel more than ever is where are the good relationships at? Like, I want to know, I think we need, especially in this time when like our ideas are shifting a lot, to have good examples to point ourselves towards so like if you're listening to this and you have someone send them our way
0: yeah is there a model couple in your community or in your orbit Mm -hmm. that just seems really in tune they seem really healthy yeah they seem really connected we want to know about them. If you think they would be willing to talk to us, please right. DM us
1: at... At, at for if I may be so bold. And I just want to say yeah. like, I think it's a lot of our conversation was very, you know, r- representing a very heteronormative sort of lens, um, which Mwah. I want to acknowledge. Mwah. And like we're in, we're in a heterosexual couple. And so... yeah. Um, that is, you know, problematic in its own way.
0: So, I mean, obviously, when we say couple, <laughs> we it's, we're not only looking for hetero couples yes. to talk to. So, just cuz yeah, ugh, gross. I well, hate. Well,
1: I think in this com- in this podcast, we will be interviewing people and like if you have a couple that you think would be good to come on here, please and we would we definitely intend and want to have all different types of couples or yes. throuples
0: or th- or quadruples mm-hmm. or quintuples okay mm-hmm. and that's our show thanks for joining us our music is by nightlight we self produce this podcast so please subscribe rate and review it really helps